Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Believe in Duke podcast. I'm Steve Wiseman, the Duke beat writer for the Raleigh News and Observer. Pleased to be joined by the co-host of the show, Sheldon Williams, the landlord. Sheldon, how are you this week? I'm good. I'm good. We just kind of switched places, you know, now that you're back on the East Coast, and I am now on the, the West Coast. So I'm out here uh, visiting uh, L.A., you know, being with my daughter and everything. So um, it was it was pretty cool. Um, one side note, uh, she was interested in going to a basketball game last night. So I went up going to Sierra Canyon. Uh, watching, uh, you know, Sierra Canyon play against Crossroads. So I had a chance to see uh, Bronny, you know, James yeah. up live and everything. Unfortunately, Bryce James didn't play, but I was able to see, uh, you know, that team play live. So that's that's good basketball there. I mean, that's yeah, a high yeah. level high school basketball game, isn't it? De- definitely, definitely. I mean, <laughs> you know, you always hear about it. You know, obviously they had the, uh, I think the show on Amazon, I believe. Uh, you know, it was a whole bunch of cameras there as as it should be because, you know, a lot of celebrity kids go there and everything. But it was uh, interesting to see because I'm looking at the gym. It's kind of a small gym, but I'm looking. I'm like, there's six scoreboards. You know, my high school had two. Uh, yeah, that maybe. Might be pushing it. Yeah, that might be pushing it. <laughs> and I'm looking around. There's six scoreboards on a small gym. I'm like, wow, what is man. going on around here? Yeah. <laughs> that is, that's great, man. That's a different world out there. Well, right, man, I'm glad right, you got right. to experience that. <laughs> yeah, uh, I was on the West Coast at, in Portland for the uh, for the the Phil Knight uh, Legacy. I almost said PK80, PK85. I guess it would be this time. Phil was there. <laughs> He's still going strong, man. 85. I mean, it's the shoe dog is rocking. Right. Man. I see. I see. <laughs> <laughs> uh, great basketball. Great basketball. Two tournaments going on at the same time. The Phil Knight Invitational, Phil Knight Legacy, which Duke was in. Carolina was in the Phil Knight Invitational, suffered a couple of losses and. Uh, uh, just a just a great uh, weekend of basketball, and then got back in time for uh, the Ohio State game uh, on Wednesday night. The Duke won uh, uh, eighty one to seventy two. Tough that game out. Very important win. We'll get into that. We'll get into the whole week here as we as we go forward. But uh, I want to make sure and mention that uh, our podcast is sponsored by Bet Online. We appreciate all their support supporting the Believe in Duke podcast. Now that basketball is back, Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events. Whether that's NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf, head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Make sure you use the promo code BELIEVE, that's B L E A V, to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. All the games that we have to break down this week, uh, you know, Duke won. Uh, all but one of them, which is, uh, 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 you know, what's expected. I guess they're seven to two now as we tape uh, this podcast, getting ready for the ACC opener on Saturday with Boston College. Um, I guess first, Sheldon, we'll talk about, uh, uh, you know, what we saw, what our takeaways were just from from the PK-80 initially with our PK-85. I got it wrong there. Um, you know, they won against Oregon State despite shooting 26%. No Duke team has shot that poorly and won a game in program history. 
that is a mouthful <laughs> uh, against that zone defense. <laughs> right, right. I mean, uh, that zone defense, you know, obviously, you know, uh, Oregon State came out uh, with that zone defense uh, against us, kind of making us like, hey, prove to us that you can beat us from outside, you know, type mentality type thing and everything. So for us to kind of go out there and kind of feed into that, you know, us being a younger team, you know, not understanding why they're giving us those open looks, you know, that type thing. Uh, but fortunately, we were able to actually overcome and uh, be able to, uh, you know, play against uh, a really good uh, Oregon State team and still find ways to win. But for me, just kind of looking at that team and looking at this team makeup, I was trying to figure out, you know, what what's going to be our shooter? What's going to be our consistent shooter at that? You know, with Randerson, you know, he'll come in and have a, you know, a decent game shooting wise and things like that. But, you know, Roach is more of a, a scorer. He can knock down a three, but he's not a pure out, you know, a, you know, I'm going to say, you know, JJ Reddick, but, you know, JJ Reddick is on the other extreme, you know, extreme. Of the, right. You know, spectrum, I know what you're you saying. Know, though. Spectrum yeah. and everything. But, you know, just like, I'm just thinking about like, you know, uh, the old Duke teams, we always had at least one type of shooter that we know we can count on. Like, this is going to be a guy that's at least going to stretch the floor. He may not be on, but he's going to stretch the floor and make our our opposing defense, to be honest. And right now, I know still early in the year, we don't have that consistent guy that's going to be a threat that make teams like, you know what, we can't zone because we're afraid to leave this guy open. Yeah, that's uh, that's a main problem right now. I was looking at uh, stats here real quick. I was going to read my, you know, nobody, the best three-point shooter on the team right now among the regulars is uh, is surprisingly Mark Mitchell, uh, 38.9%. Um, and he doesn't shoot as many threes as, you know, other guys do. Like Jeremy Roach is at 30%. Filipowski's at 364 I mean, we can't really complain about his game, what he's done so far. He's really carried the team. In all areas of of the of the um uh, both ends of the court, he's really played well. Grandison is at thirty four point eight. So you know Whitehead again hadn't played very much. He's still getting back into it. Twenty six point seven. So um, yeah, there's there's a lot of uh, concerns there, and you know that popped up. Uh, uh, you know they they beat Oregon State, but then the Purdue game uh, that pr- proved to be kind of the undoing. Uh, just couldn't. Uh, couldn't score. I mean, didn't hit a, didn't hit a field goal in the last nine minutes of the game. Only scored one, which is crazy, throw. right? One yeah. point. It was crazy. One like point. last eight and a half, nine minutes of the game. Like I was looking at the game, like, have we scored? Like <laughs> it was kind of that that type of game. Yeah. I'm like, no, I I, I got to be tripping. Like, you know, there's something going on with the score or something, whatever. And I'm like, no, no, we really have not scored. We went cold, which is unheard of because, like, you no, know, a lot of times with our Duke teams. We're known to have that Duke spurt where no matter what the team is each year, it's always, and it's not anything that's like, you know, implemented in us. It's just something that kind of naturally happens. And I'm waiting because we kind of went and cut it to, I want to say five or six at one point. And all right, here it comes. Look, here comes that, that Duke spurt. And then all of a sudden, uh, you know, it went cold. You know, I'm looking at Proctor. Proctor probably had one of his best games as a Duke player as well, that game in, uh, in Purdue. Mm-hmm. But I'm looking, I'm like, it's coming, it's coming. Then all of a sudden, it just went stone cold. I'm like, wow, this is unbelievable. And, you know, granted, Purdue is a good team. 
you know, they blew out um, Gonzaga, yeah. you know, before they came uh, came to us and everything. So we knew how well they were prepared for a tough battle type game. And that's what it was, where he, they came out, hit us in the mouth, and then just kept hitting us. And that was something that we didn't respond too well, especially late in the game. Yeah, I mean, uh, they showed some, some toughness in, you know, they were down by 18 in the first half. And then you said got it down to six or seven points there a couple of times. And it looked like right on the edge of, of like really making a push and, and overtaking Purdue uh, when it all just fell apart again, you know, just uh, uh, just couldn't maintain it on offense. And so that was a that was a problem. And, and then also, uh, I guess, obviously, that's the game we're going to write down most because it was a loss. Right. I mean, that's how it goes. Um, uh, you know, Lively just showed he wasn't physically ready. To, to guard Zach Eady, who's, you know, seven, four and two ninety. I mean, that's a load in there, man. You know, I mean, that's a tough guy to guard, but uh, you know, the first couple of plays down the court, lively got a steal. They tried to enter uh, pass lively got a steal. He's long. He forced a held ball and that was deep possession. So first two possessions, I thought, okay, he's showing some, he's got some spunk and some fight there, but you know, he's just not, he's not physically ready to handle a guy like that yet. I guess that's, that's, you know, I don't know who's going to handle Zach Eady. I don't know how they're going to do that, but Lively wasn't able to, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, uh, I knew coming into the game, he's going to be a guy that is going to be somebody that we actually have to make sure we have a body on, maybe even two bodies on, to kind of make sure that we kind of wear him down. Yes, the body type of Lively is not the same as Eady, but the fact that Lively has to understand that he has a lot of other assets that go with this game where he don't have to bang all the time. There might be some times where he's called for that, but he don't have to bang it all the time. He can sit here, play defense before the guy gets the ball, make it hard for him to actually catch the ball, move him out of his like, you no know, sweet spot areas, you know, kind of go around him and reach for, you know, steals that he can probably get because he's quick with his feet. He's very nimble on his feet. You know, that's something he does. He, he runs like a gazelle up and down the court. So he can beat a lot of the big guys, you know, with that assets that he has on his end with his game. But for him to kind of play behind a bigger guy, like you said, 290, that's something that he has to learn either one, he'll be able to block almost every single shot if he's going to do that. Otherwise, he's going to have to sit there and make sure that he's doing his work early to make that person uncomfortable. And that's something that he learns how to, he needs to learn how to do. One, uh, I know for me, it was the same way where I had to understand the game and how to play at a different level. And that's something that I was doing as well, where I was getting in foul trouble just like he's doing early in my freshman career. And for him to be able to, uh, I think he had four fouls before that game once, and then he fouled out that game. And then he wanted to have four games, I'm sorry, four fouls with the Ohio State game. So he's trying to learn how to play at a different level and yes, he's being aggressive, but at the same time, it's certain times you learn how to pick and choose when you kind of be aggressive and when you can't. And the thing is, if you're not able to do, you know, the banging or the whatever it is that the natural, you know, big guys do, you have to find other ways to be able to, you know, go around that and be able to make that person uncomfortable. And that's something that he's still trying to learn. Uh, obviously, because like I said, he's not able to be, be, you know, be a banger and he's getting himself in foul trouble. And that's kind of hurting us at the end. You're right. And uh, the, as we say all that, 
he's really probably ahead on defense. He's, he's affected the game positively on defense more than he is on offense until the Ohio State game last night as we taped this. Uh, you know, he had 11 points against Ohio State. That's the most he scored in the game this year so far. And he's getting into his shape and everything. But um, he's proven to be a pretty good – he's a pretty good shot blocker, I have to say. Uh, I, I know you you can speak to that uh, more better than I can, but it looks like he's 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 blocking the ball well. Um, he's got you said quick hands, quick feet. That's different than I mean, Edie is a seven four, you know, almost three hundred pounds. You know, in the lane, you got to move me. You're not going to move me, kind of thing, right? Little hook shots, um, right, right, right? Yeah, but live league is. I do like, I do like some of what he's showing us on defense, right? Uh, with the, with the shot blocking and everything, so. There's something to build on there, I think, for sure. But he does have a lot of work to. I mean, you know, it's just he he missed so much in in uh, with his calf injury. And uh, Shira mentioned that it's so hard to be patient with he and Derek Whitehead. But you know, the, you see the team. There's things they need, and they, those guys could provide it, but they're just not ready to do it yet. So I guess it's patience is a hard word. Shire brought it up uh, in the post game after Ohio State, but it's a tough thing. But I, I did I did want to say I thought. Get your thoughts on how lively he is playing defense, particularly with the shot blocking, what he's showing there. Yeah, I mean, uh, you, you hit on the head right there. Patience is something that uh, we need to have with these guys. Uh, you know, uh, Whitehead missed uh, a little over two months, and then you have um, Lively who missed uh, about a month with a calf injury. But at the same time, we're now, what, nine, ten games in the season, and People are kind of getting impatient, you know, uh, a little impatient, I guess, because, you know, we have two losses right now, you know, which is, you know, kind of not normal for the Duke team. But at the same time, looking at Lively, defensively, he has made a lot of big strides, you know, from the time that he started, um, I think was was Kansas, the first game he played was Kansas. Or no, I think it was a game Upstate. before that. He played the game before that just a little the bit. The game before yeah. that, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then kind of worked his way into the the, line, the lineup and everything. And seeing what he's doing now, he's being very active on the deepest end where he's coming over, helping out with, you know, block shots on other players coming into the rim. He's protecting the rim like that. He's also being able to, uh, you know, switch out on the three, four, and the five man. So you can see him kind of getting down low and being able to, you know, move his feet. You know, like you said before, he has quick hands, he has good feet. He's very nimble. He's able to do these things. You know, it's just that the translation on the offense end has not come as fast as it, as, as it has with the defense. I just wish on the defense end, because me being a defense, defensive player, I just wish that he didn't always stay behind the big. You know, this is back-to-back games right now where – Edie and Key have had 20, 21 points against us. And as a big, that would eat me up because if I'm giving up 21 points, I have to have the same thing for it to at least be a wash. Because mm-hmm. if it's not a wash, then I'm looking at myself like, well, I didn't do my job. Yeah, granted, there's going to be great players that you play against that sometimes it doesn't always fall. You may have bad nights. But to have back-to-back games where a big has – 21 points against you and you foul out or 21 points against you. And, you know, you still have foul trouble, but you know, that type thing, obviously you won the second game, but as for me, it's a personal battle, personal competition I have with myself where I can't allow myself to keep having this, letting this happen. And I'm not producing the same amount that I'm giving up. And that's how I looked at things when I played where if I'm giving up this much, I got it at least, have that so it's a wash if not i gotta look at myself like hey i put my 
my career, my name, whatever, on my defensive game, I got to step up and I got to look at myself at, as, you know, as a defender that he cannot come in and be a huge factor in this game. Right. And you know what? Like uh, we mentioned against Ohio State, how Duke did a better good job of getting to the free throw line. Philip Haskey drew six fouls. Uh, Ryan Young drew three fouls. Live Hill only drew two fouls. And, and he fouled four times. So, again, he's kind of behind on the count there, isn't he? And that's where um, he needs to be. I'm all, almost all of his baskets have come on dunks. He hasn't been able to hit a jump shot or anything else yet. He's had a couple of layups last night was his first two. But um, he's supposed to be a pretty good rim runner and uh, uh, little lobs from the, the guards. And they're just off sync a little bit. Uh, Shire said last night, you know, Roach got in the ball one time. I think I remember there's one entry pass. He got in for a dunk. But uh, he just can't get going on that end yet to where he's he's comfortable. He's drawing fouls. Like you said, he could make up for these other things if he draws some fouls and hits the free throws, right? I mean, then that would be a big help to the team. Yeah, correct. I mean, um, as I said before, he's a good rim runner. You can see he's, you know, able to you know sprint out and get out on the floor and beat his man, especially a bigger guy. It's just that getting that comfortability of him as well as the other players being able to get behind you know, the defense and slip in and throw the ball to the square, you know, because you know, a lot of people can't jump that high and, you know, just duck on them. You know, he's that he's that athletic where he's able to do these things. It's just getting him to the point where I guess one, him understanding that he's able to do that because, you know, it's a lot different from what he was doing in high school to what he's doing at the you know college level. But understanding that he can still do that at a high level and understanding our having our guards understand that they able to throw the ball to him anywhere near the rim because you know he at the end of the day he's still seven one still athletic he can go get it you know that's what he can do so I'm hoping that especially with this last game being the best game he has had so far offensively uh for Duke I'm hoping that he's able to realize that hey this is this is what I can do. Like I can be this guy who's a catch and finish guy. And then maybe that will help and translate over to, Oh, I'm able to do a little bit more on offense. And he's feeling a lot more comfortable where he's able to expand his game and be confident in that expansion of his offensive game and be able to be, you know, give his team that same confidence and be able to like, Hey, he's now become a more, real well-rounded you know offensive player as well as his defense game right and that'll earn him more minutes i mean he only played 17 minutes and 41 seconds against ohio state and that's what he's been playing between 15 and 20 minutes not much more than that but again i think shire and the coaching staff see him able to play 25 30 minutes of course he has to stay out of foul trouble but uh, the more productive he is and again it's it's we're just switching to december now right so um, uh, there's time to, to get better there and all that. But, you know, one thing you mentioned, I, I have to mention this too. Uh, Duke already has two losses in, uh, in November, which is very rare. Uh, a few of us on the media uh, press box last night, in the press room looked it up last night. Uh, the last time Duke lost its third game before January in a season was 1982-83. So that was Coach K's third year. That was the team that... Uh, even way back. All right. <laughs> yeah. That was the team that ended up losing to Virginia really bad in the ACC tournament. Uh, it was Jay, Jay Billis was a freshman and Johnny Dawkins, that, that class, the class that saved coach K they were freshmen. Um, but th- coach K's second year and third year, they lost their third game. They started off like one and four and two and four. They weren't very, you know, very good then. 
but that's how long it's been. And right now Duke is seven and two and we're, we're here December 1st, December 2nd. Um, there's some games to be played in December that they got to win them all not, to not fall into that, that group. Correct. Right. Correct. Correct. They got yeah, some yeah, fighting yeah. to do here. <laughs> yeah. yeah you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, I didn't realize, you know, it went, you know, he said, what do you say? 83. That's the last time, <laughs> you know, I was born in 83. So that's how long ago <laughs> yeah. that was for <laughs> yeah, yeah, that to happen and everything. But uh, yeah, it's going to be, um, like you said, with Iowa coming up, I'm sorry, BC and mm-hmm. Iowa. And Iowa. Yeah. Yep, yep. And, and, you know, these are still good teams and everything that we actually played before the Christmas break and then got to come back, you know, from Christmas and everything. But, yeah, we are a team that has to look at every game as, you know, one game at a time. We can't we can't look at the future uh, schedule uh, that we play. You know, we're not a team that, you know, can take any days off. That's something that we can't do. Um, as we still learn how to figure out how we play with each other, because we still have guys coming back into the lineup and knowing what they like. Hopefully we can get a whitehead back comfortable as well, because you can kind of see some spurts where, you know, like against the last game against um, Ohio State, where, you know, in the first half, I believe he had a a corner, you know, three-point shot. And then you will see situations where, he feels like he got to do a little bit more and not let the game come to him and it's not being natural. And obviously, yeah, it's different because, yeah, I've been out for two months. You know, I'm the number two recruit of the class and I got to prove myself, you know, that type thing. I understand that's probably going through his mind, but also at the same time, you know, he don't have to allow that to get into his mind, just let things come naturally. And then all of a sudden you start seeing things come naturally your game is a lot easier, you know, but this is me talking as an older person versus, you know, me being 18, 19. I'm not trying to hear that. I'm trying to score. I'm trying to do right. what I need to do right then and there. Right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, he showed a couple uh, in Portland over the weekend. He had a little stretch like that. Uh, Whitehead I'm talking about and against Ohio state where, you know, he hit that corner three against Ohio state uh, the other night. And then on defense, he uses quick hands, knock the ball away. He didn't get credit for the steal because I think Roach picked it up, but he's the one that caused it. He forced the turnover, you know. I know right, that. Right, it, was, right. it was very yeah, good yeah. defense. And then he, you know, he ran the court and he had a put back uh basket off a miss. That was he had five points. He only played 12 minutes, but little things like that. You go, okay, if he can do that over a longer stretch of time, maybe build that up a little bit and get to 12, 14 points. I mean, this team's gonna be in a lot better shape, and that's where you know, we just mentioned they're seven and two and, you know, in danger of losing the third game for the first time, you know, whatever, 40 years uh, before January. But um, it, it, it's different. It's a different group. Obviously, Shire's coaching and none of this is his deal. Um, I mean, the injuries are what they are. That's this team is not 100 percent. And uh, there's plenty of time to get there. They just have to kind of learn as they go here. And that's why, um, you know, the way they played against Ohio State, I thought was so important coming off that. You know, Duke losing by 19, it, that doesn't happen. You know, that's that's a rare thing, right? As you know, that's getting right. handed to them like that. And to come back and respond and play really well against another tough, you know, Big Ten team that wanted to shove them around in the post and everything uh, to win that way. And and also the way they, you know, they still didn't shoot very well uh, from the field, but so many points at the rim, so much more. That was the emphasis, and Shire talked about that, that, we have to be an inside-out team. We're not. We're not an outside-in. You know, shoot jump shots and soften it up. We got to get the ball in and look to score at the rim more, which I'm sure warms your heart. <laughs> it definitely does. I mean, uh, you know, we got two seven footers starting for you and everything. That that has to be like you know the concept right there. But 
Uh, even that being said, because uh, you could tell that was a point of emphasis, you know, getting the ball into the paint, you know, at, at no no cost, whatever. Just make sure that you driving, kicking, posting, whatever it is, get the ball in the paint. And I want to say, like, uh, we came out uh, in the, the first part of the game after coming off that 19-point loss. I'm looking at the game. I'm like, well, I thought we would have a better sense of urgency to start the game after what happened last game. And I didn't get that sense of urgency until later into the game was kind of being worked in. Because I want to say they scored the first five or six points before we scored. And I'm thinking to myself, like, y'all do remember Purdue. Like, you no, know, like, this You're is down 18 against Purdue. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. So this is, this is my mindset. Like, y'all do remember what just happened. And now y'all playing at home in a sellout crowd. You know, the whole student section had all, I think, all white shirts and things like that. You have to come out with this sense of urgency from the get-go and i'm like that's what kind of goes with the the young team like we don't have that veteran team where you know i uh, the veteran guy coming in like hey y'all remember 19 points we got to make a statement right here right now that you know that type thing and i didn't see that at the beginning of the game and i'm like okay we can't we can't work our, our way to the game because that's not a team that we have where we can click at any point we don't have that team you know, and I'm over here like I was kind of nervous because I'm like, come on now, like, yeah, come on, like, you know, <laughs> start it, you know, you know, that type thing. Like, but uh, we was able to kind of get into the flow of things and then wind up uh, getting that that point of emphasis where, you know, John Shire was like, let's make point, uh, paints in the point and then kind of go from there. And then that's what we did. Yeah. And it was not, you know, hitting field goals and, and getting the free throw line was was huge. Made such a huge difference. I mean, Duke shot. I'm looking at the stats here. 30 free throws, 26 out of 33 throws. That's that's great. That's how you win a game uh, against a team that's going to push, try to push you around anyway. So, um, one thing I know that happened in the halftime locker rooms after the coaches were done talking, Jacob Grandison uh, kind of took hold of the room and said, "Hey, you know, he he played the Big Ten the last two years. Ryan Young played the Big Ten the last two years. He said Ohio State's going to come at us hard. Like we got to be ready." Because at that point, Duke was up 10 at halftime. They played really well to get up 10. And uh, Granison had said he'd had that experience when he played at Illinois. A couple of times, they they didn't hold off Ohio State. Ohio State came back and beat them. Another time, Illinois beat them in the Big Ten Championship. So he had a lot of experience, and he made sure to tell the guys that. It sounds like something simple, but they needed that reminder that, like, this game isn't over. They're going to they're gonna push us hard. And they did. Three times got within five points, and somebody made a basket. It was Filipowski one time. It was Mark Mitchell another time. It was a different person every time. So really a strong performance, really, really good for Duke on, on Wednesday night. Yeah. I mean, that's what I was talking about. Like that, that veteran leadership, that's something that we need. Like, you know, it could be as simple as just, Hey, this is, you know, being come, it's coming from like my, my, my experience. Like, no, like you said, I played at uh, Illinois. They came back on us, you know, twice and beat us in the championship, you know, that type thing. Like I know how they are, you know, just kind of reminding them, you know, the younger you know players on the team, like, we can't give up. You know, there's some times where we play a Duke game, especially in the past, where we put our foot on the net early and you can see that they're going to just kind of de deflate, you know, like just kind of be out there, you know, kind of go through the motions. We don't have that team, at least right now, we don't have that team where you feel like, you know what, we get, we put fear into the other team once we step on the court. And I've seen a lot of Duke teams that have that, now, this team doesn't have that. There's nothing bad about it, but it's just a different way to figure out how we got to win and how we got to actually attack and play every game. And we can't take plays off or games off. 
we have to sit here and do this every single time. And hopefully we have that same veteran leadership every game because we're going to need it. It can't be just, you know, one person, you know, the captain, you know, Jeremy Roach. It got to be several players on the team. So I'm glad that Grandison and Young is actually stepping up and, you know, fulfilling that role as well. But I'm hoping that we have a team that's had, you know, a bunch of good guys where they're able to listen and kind of go from there. Right, right. And the next chance for that will be Saturday opening ACC play against Boston College. Obviously, a team that's not, not they're, they're picked near the bottom of the conference, they're not playing well, and that game's at home. Duke, you know, doesn't project to have a problem in that game. But again, if they're shooting poorly and they're not taking it seriously, anything can happen. So you got that right, one. Right, um, right. And then next Tuesday night back in New York at the Garden against Iowa, which is a team that was in the top 25 until they, they fell out last week. Uh, they're just outside the top 25. So another very quality opponent. Um, uh, next week on our episode, we'll talk about those two games. Um, then Duke gets a little break, final exams. As you know, that'll be a good break for the team. They have a game against Maryland Eastern Shore mixed in there. And then before Christmas, they um, go over to Wake Forest, playing an ACC game at Wake Forest uh, on the 20th, which uh, Wake, Wake was a pretty good team last year, right? Wake uh, gave Duke games twice. So again, we talk yeah. about trying to avoid that third loss. There's still a chance. I mean, that's not going to be an easy game. Right, right. I mean, uh, fortunately for us, we had John Shire coach both of those games. But, right. uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, both. I mean, both of those games were hard-fought hard games. Like, you know, they came down almost to the wire, especially the one at home. Like, you know, we saw, you know, it was almost like a slug match where we was kind of going back and forth, back and forth. We didn't know which way it was going to go. So yeah. that, that's a team that we know that it's going to play hard and they're going to play for 40 uh, minutes as well. Right. Uh, but for us, we have to actually uh, – you know, roll up our sleeves. We got to be that that lunch pail type mentality where we're like, hey, it's going to be, you know, a dog fight every single time we're out there on the court and everything. So I'm hoping that uh, that's something that we actually can uh, accept and be that that points in the paint, that uh, lockdown defensive team that, you know, no matter what's going to happen on the offensive end, like we at least can hold them because I don't want to see another 10%, you know, from um, three point, like Ooh. we did against uh, uh, Purdue. And everything. Yeah. Like, that's something that was like 10% for yeah. three for Duke. Like, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. So, um, yeah. So, again, uh, next week's episode, we'll break down the BC and the Iowa game. We look forward to doing that. Appreciate everybody uh, that listens to us every week. We, we, we love our, our regular subscribers and our listeners and, um, uh, 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 it's much appreciated. That's what who we do the podcast for. So um, thank you everybody for listening this week, Sheldon, uh, take care, have a good weekend. And uh, we will talk next week on the believe in Duke podcast sponsored by bet online. All right. We'll do. We'll do. Have a good one. Thank you for listening to believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.